0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Words Over Whiskey podcast. I am your host, Henry, and in this podcast, I hope to combine two of my favourite things, which is a good, friendly conversation, a good, engaging conversation, and a really nice glass of whiskey. Hopefully that gives you an idea of where we got the name from. And joining me in this endeavour is my co-host in this venture, Tom. Tom, welcome. Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome. So, I thought, as the name suggests, this podcast involves whiskey. So, absolutely, absolutely. So what we thought we'd do is each week, each episode of the podcast, well, not each week, each episode of the podcast, whenever we get round to recording it, we're still working on the schedule, but as this is the pilot, the first episode, we well, yeah, test. just a test. So our aim is each week to try a different whiskey. We will... Well, of course, we'll (laughs) try the whiskey and we'll let you know our thoughts on it. Um, And for today's podcast, we've chosen a special whiskey. What is this one, Henry? uh, This is the Redbreast Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey of 12 years.
1: We're not being paid to look at this whiskey, this is not an advertisement. We have chosen this today for this podcast yeah
0: whiskey is just a passion of ours of course if the podcast as well we could get whiskey sponsors oh that would be that, that would be, fantastic. <laughs> that would be anyone is
1: listening please just
0: hit them up hit us up <laughs> give us your whiskey <laughs> give us your whiskey but yeah so we thought for this this whiskey tasting section of the podcast we'd we'd tell you what we get from the whiskey the flavors and everything and then we will read you the the flavour text the blurb of the whisky itself and see how wrong we really are and see if we agree at all yeah see if we we promise not to be pretentious try not to be so let's uh, crack this one open
1: oh, that's, that's, <laughs> well, that's that's a, good, a sound. good sound that was a good sound
0: so is that yeah. a real cork or is that um, I think the top button no top button top yeah that's cork yeah there you go Tom a nice healthy helping
1: on oh, my thumb as well <laughs>
0: Sorry, spilt a bit. Spilling the precious whiskey. Not good. Not good. Well, cheers Tom. Here's to the first me. episode. That's very smooth. That's yeah,
1: that's a smooth
0: one. No,
1: that's a smooth one.
0: Yes. With a slight hint of smokiness. At, at the, the end. end, yeah,
1: at the end. Yeah, it's nice and warm in as well, which I need in January. <laughs> now you, can leave, you can leave the bottle here later today, Henry.
0: Yeah, so that see me through. I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to give it a give it a smell, trying to see if I can get any additional flavours. But my, my nose d- in January, it,
1: it, <laughs> strike. two blocks. It's, it's, the, it's I'm just getting, I'm just getting hints off. of whiskey. Whiskey yeah, is all I there. It, it, I
0: can I can smell whiskey. It tastes, yeah, that's that's quite nice, nice, smooth one. I think, yeah,
1: nice and smooth. It's it's not complicated. It's not a uh, not the sort of taste that you'd spend a huge amount on. Um, just a good sort of whiskey, actually.
0: Yeah, nice, nice, smooth introduction with a vague hint of smokiness. I think or is that just not is that first. just it's not like it hit you in the no. face
1: it's not like you're it's more um, like an aftertaste i think yeah
0: so. All right let's 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 have a look at the flavor text and see if uh, we are actually right okay <clears throat> red breast is regarded by many as the definitive expression of single pot still irish whiskey right when the world demanded lighter, more accessible whisky styles, Redbreast stood steadfast in its belief of the tradition and significance of this style of whisky, and for the past century have remained the standard bearer for single pot still Irish whisky. Made from a mash of malted and unmalted barley, and then triple distilled in copper pot stills, Redbreast 12 boasts the flavour, complexity, and distinctive qualities of pot still whisky. <clears throat> matured in a combination of bourbon seasoned American oak barrels and all Oloroso o- Oloroso 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 sherry. sherry seasoned yeah, Spanish oak but and distinctive red breast Sherry style joy enjoyed... oh here we go tasting notes Oh, what do I need? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was, I was basically just reading an advertisement for the <laughs> I just said this is not an advertisement. No, this is not an advertisement. I just read You just have started game. there. <laughs> okay, here we go. Tasting notes. A complex, spicy, fruity aroma with toasted wood notes evident. Taste. Full flavour and complex. Silky smooth, which we got. Yes. With a harmonious. Hum, oh, I can't speak. Harmonious balance of spicy, fruity, sherry and toasted notes. So maybe the toasted was the little bit
1: of... Toasted would be the smokiness, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's Finish, satisfyingly long. The complex flavours linger on the palate. Which I think we got. I said there's like a... Sort I of don't smok- know
1: about complex. complex. I would not say that's a complex test. I mean, maybe my taste buds in January, maybe they're on strike two. <laughs> but I, 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 I can't
0: see... I think I've... It's nice but it does there are bits of it that in the flavors that make me think of other whiskies we've tried where it's it's a nice what is it introductory whisky it's not really unique
1: it's no. not really standing out
0: I, so I that, that's our works. endorsement with redbreast gone <laughs> it doesn't stand out it doesn't, it doesn't stand, stand out, out. <laughs> no, i think it's nice i think it's it's one where like oh, you said it's not Oh, it's not massively expensive. It's not overpowering. It's not overpowering. It's not. It's not. I think it's one you could easily have a bottle of and just enjoy the whole bottle in one night. Yes, maybe not. No, Uh, no, I approve of this. Yeah, but I think well, we got the we got the smoothness, so we got that right. Spicy and fruit fruity, maybe a little bit spice. I didn't so much get toasted. Maybe that was the bit of. I got the wood. I got. I got the wood.
1: Yeah, I, I got. I got the toastedness, and I got the. Toastedness is that a word? <laughs> Toastedness. Goes the English dictionary.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So. Oh, I, I could, I could. I don't want to say I could taste a wood barrel. I could taste a bit of wood.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. You
1: had to. You had to laugh. Yeah. You had to oh, laugh. Sorry.
0: In your No, I think if I was, if someone offered, offered it to me, I, would I. would be very happy with that. I'd, I'd be very happy it. with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not bad. Nice to try it's it. One, one we haven't tried before, so a
1: very good one actually yeah. i mean doesn't stand out not not unique <laughs> if i had a bad just putting it down <laughs> well it's what i said earlier i can't just turn around and say yeah, yeah it's good um if i had a long day at work or you know i'm yeah i just fancy something to drink and i don't want to destroy my palate this is a good this would be a good one
0: yeah it's nice smooth bit of like it says bit of flavor took nice flavor at the end i think so yeah, not a bad one for uh, so something pleasant. new, nice and pleasant. So yeah, so Tom, we are in the new decade. We're in the new year. Don't remind me. I feel old. <laughs> not that we're not in the early twenties. We're fine. We're fine.
1: I was speaking to someone under twenty the other day, and she's no, she, she can uh, confirm we are now old. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not. Kids these days. They say we
0: are old. old. Shut up.
1: We're not boys anymore, Henry. We're men.
0: <laughs> Young at heart. Do it <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Anyway, so seeing as we are now in the new year and the new decade, I thought before we look to the future, we take a look to the past, over the past decade, and like I said, I enjoy good conversation, and I enjoy it with friends, and me and you are friends through our mutual love of books and TV shows and gaming, and that is going to be a big feature of this podcast, so if you like that stuff, continue listening. If not, you have been forewarned. This is what that podcast be for you. If you, don't yeah. like, if you
1: don't like whiskey or books or films or shows or games, then this is not for
0: you. Yeah, but so I thought over the past decade, what book series or TV shows have, or films or anything of that sort of genre have stood out for you? Stood so out for me.
1: Well, when I when I do read, I really like. Characters and character relationships. Yes, I like cool settings, and yes, I like it when the plot is really smart and gets you to think. But I just really like reading about people who are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cheesy as that sounds. And um, I've really liked The Dresden Files, by of Butcher, because at first, yes, it's just detectives with magic, but it becomes characters who pull together and solve sort of problems, really big problems. Um, and every book you just come back oh what's happening with these characters today it's just very enjoyable mm. and I would read one or two each year cause it's a very long series and I can't believe that I get to have to wait a few more months for the next one
0: uh, which which number of the series is that? oh 16 something 16. like that it, oh, they, no. you've got a lot, catch yeah, no, you, got yeah, a lot of catch up to do yeah <laughs> interesting what you're saying about characters and everything because one of the standout series for me over the past decade has yeah. been and I think for many people it's Game of Thrones.
1: Yes, it's very character driven.
0: And Game of Thrones its but the perfect summary I've heard of it is it's a character driven story but in a fantasy world with fantasy elements it's not the fantasy that drives the world it's actually the the characters you're really involved and invested in them.
1: I heard a term was addressed to Game of Thrones that I really liked, called Low Fantasy. Hmm. I, I think I'm getting that right. Uh, where the, the the magic isn't in the foreground, you know, no one really knows about it. In fact, I think most of the characters don't believe it's real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it,
0: no one really understands it. It's never explained. It's kind, of, it's kind of in the history of the world that most people think of that. It's either in, in, the, in Westeros, the people think of magic as something that's either myth or legend or history. They don't think it's, something's actually happening around them
1: it's like every lord is a court wizard and you can go to them and say oh i want you know a 100 undead soldiers today or i want you to make me a portal it they can't do that um the magic um although it's not actually described so technically it could do we don't know what it's capable of it could be capable of anything but it's not a uh, plot device that's just used to get the author out of problems
0: yeah it's it's very character focused and i think. I I read the books before the before I think probably just as the TV series was beginning. I think I read the first one as series 1 had aired and I loved it so much I went and bought all the others and I just binged them. I just read all of them and I love them. I love the TV series as well as much as the final series was divisive and uh, divisive divisive <laughs> I it divided people. It did divide people and I Personally, I didn't particularly like the last series, but there were elements of it that I really enjoyed, which there, there's a particular... I won't spoil it, but there's a particular scene where characters are sitting around a fireplace before a really big event takes place, and they're just talking. And that felt like the heart and soul of the show, which had been yeah. present in so much of the re- the previous se- uh, seasons. But in the, uh, there's just... You saw the characters coming together and
1: interacting, yeah, and it felt good because I, I know it they're, they're felt all separated. It felt like human.
0: Continents. This was a very human interaction because it was just friends and companions sitting around a fire, drinking and reminiscing before this. I want, big I event. want to
1: say they're not larger than life characters. They're gritty. They're real. But it's <laughs> Arya like? This super assassin and Jon Snow. He's got <laughs> but, like the pet that's,
0: direwolf. That's, that's the fantasy elements yeah, coming in. Yeah, I suppose. But even in that last series, there were bits I enjoyed, even if the last few episodes really infuriated me. It's, I think I've described it before, where the more I think about the last episode, the angrier I get at it, because there's so much. They can't. It's not the time, it's not the place. (laughs) Yeah, there's so much I can get annoyed at. But, Game of Thrones has been this cultural phenomenon, and it has been an outstanding series for the past decade. I was trying to, Think of other books, other book series that I've been reading throughout the past. Skullduggery Pleasant, yeah. The Simon Scarrow Under the Eagle series, Rick Riordan, um, yeah. But I think Game of Thrones for me is the is my standout one. Tyrion and Jon Snow—they're my two favorite characters. and I always really look forward to their chapters. Yeah, I quite like
1: Cersei's Cersei. chapter because I liked all the intrigue and yeah. just I liked hating Cersei. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. It's very. You very invested in the characters, and you you love certain characters, and you hate certain characters, and you want to see what happens to them.
1: Yeah, I mean the plot itself just sort of develops. It, it's, the plot, I would say, is in the background. Like, the characters do things, then the plot adapts, rather than the plot happening and the characters
0: adapt. The the plot, sort of. The, the characters drive the plot. Like, they do. They do. They set it. They um, the line is, "It's the Game of Thrones." You you win or you die and it's these characters who are vying for the Iron Throne and their actions affect the people around them, affect the continent of Westeros and it's yeah I've, yeah i think in the past decade Game of Thrones has been probably my standout series certainly book wise and tv show i think i'm just trying uh, a couple of other Peaky Blinders, oh, God, Peaky God, give Peaky, Peaky God get, Blinders, God, give shout out. That's one of my. I tried so good. long
1: to try and learn how to speak with their accents, <laughs> and I have, to, I just, I, I couldn't do I'm, it. I'm not going to ask you to try. No, and butcher no, our, no.
0: <laughs> I, I do not think that's a good idea. That, uh, Peaky Blinders, uh, another show which I find is really, the heart and soul come from the characters. I don't think you, would, don't think you've seen the show. but it's, um, it's on Amazon. It's called New Amsterdam. No, I've not seen that. It's it's about um this a new head of a hospital um and his staff and like the day the daily goings on with the hospital but the way the characters are portrayed is beautiful in a way. I think is how I would describe it because they're very human. They they have their own struggles, their own trials which you can relate to and it's, it's just a wonderfully portrayed show. I'm not a big fan of hosp- hospital shows. I get hospital un- dramas. Hospital dramas. I get uncomfortable going to hospitals in real life, but for a, a show like that, to even with like where they're performing operations, so for me to want to watch it and see what happens to the characters and everything, it's, it's just got this heart and soul to it, which makes me keep, watching it and it's just just wonderful so yeah there's that yeah so i think game of thrones peaky blinders new amsterdam they've been some stand-up shows my hero academia i cannot <laughs> i cannot go past without mentioning that absolutely love that series but i think i, I think get, the
1: way that they use the powers in the anime is it's, it, it, it is very
0: interesting i read them the manga the uh, i shouldn't say comic books but for people who did know I think that's hearsay, really, to call manga comic books. But um, Oh, Henry. Yeah, so that's why I stopped myself. Mm. <laughs> but I, I'm up to date on that, and the story is fantastic. The, I was watching... Um, some of, Season four is the most recent season. I'm quite a few episodes behind, but I was watching like episode four the other day. And again, that's another one which... Remind to... me what happens in that one, without spoilers. <sighs> um, I think it's... Uh, Two of the characters are out on a patrol, and they come across... Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I know the one yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Again, it's character. Just... Uh, so, many any of those don't... My Hero Academia, it's this premise. They're, they're these... In in the world, these people have superpowers, super which are called quirks. Um, and then they go to, like, hero schools to train to be heroes. And it's following... Uh, the main character who didn't originally have any powers, but then was gifted powers by the most powerful hero in the world. And he's basically training to become this guy's replacement. But what I love is like the the passion of the characters to constantly improve themselves and stand for what they believe in. I yeah, think I'm like you, I'm a, very, I'm a very... Ca- I love interesting worlds and I love good world building, but you have to have... These these interesting characters to drive a story I don't remember
1: what my problem was with my hero academia I don't remember if it's a cultural thing in Japan I was talking Mm. to someone else about it the other day Mm. the characters as you say they've got this constant drive to uh, improve themselves and stick to to their ideals Mm. but they also have this constant drive to tell you that (laughs) <laughs> and if you, I don't know, maybe this. There's all the time in Japan. I've never been. If you walk around England saying, "I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best at this task. I'm going to be so much better than you. And I'm going to just nail this task," then people will think you're a dickhead. <laughs> and, uh, and to be honest, I, I do get that. If, if if these characters came to England, then I would. I wouldn't like them. I, I wouldn't want to talk to them. Uh, Mostly because I would probably get hurt. Things get hurt around. Uh, Thank you very much. Some more whiskey. (laughs) The the cynic over here. (laughs) I uh, I am quite cynical. Uh, But yeah, that that, that was my main problem. I mean, in the setting, everyone's doing it. Yeah. But I most associate with that character, what well, their teacher, who spends the entire lesson in a sleeping bag in the corner and lets them go <laughs> fix themselves. I, I fully emphasise, we're for that character. Yeah, uh, uh, he, I, he I just like, doesn't really care too much. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: no, I fully get he, that. He cares enough when it counts, but then he's just like, let me sleep. Yep,
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. So there, any? i I've, I've talked quite a bit about the series, or books and any others that you got? well
1: I think we can't get away about mentioning this one a series that I binged watched on its first day of release last year last month even the Witcher
0: and I know that it has been quite we,
1: divisive that online I but think I, I think loved it
0: I loved it as well but I think we should we could have we could spend the whole episode mm, talking about mm. that so I think we save that for our next that one but that is one we will definitely come back to because that's yeah because it's a TV series, you've read the books, I'm playing the uh, the Wild Hunt at the moment, which is the third game, so we will definitely come back to we'll that. We'll talk about that one. But, uh, well, I have time. another
1: one I can talk about, and I also been to watch this one, and that's The Boys. And that is another, it's another, another superhero I complete, theme. I completely forgot you've, about but that. I, I know you Oh, did. yes. That was really good. And I mean Urban. His, I mean, his character is beard. <laughs> have you got beard envy? I have beard envy for his beard, as messy and scruffy as it is. But the whole idea of superheroes having human faults and human character flaws is not new. I mean, have you read the Watchmen graphic novel or seen the film? I've seen the film. But this is... but even this, is those, turn, this is turned up to 11. It's turned up to 11. In Watchmen, yes, they have their problems and their failings, but they're... Despicable. They're still good in the Watchmen. They're still heroes. They're still bad, but they're not as bad as the boys. The (laughs) the boys. Yeah. Their human faults are actual bad, malicious. That's what I meant by
0: despicable. The, The in the in the boys' universe, you have basically the equivalent of the Justice League, and everyone kind of worships these heroes. Well, worships, adores, they like celebrities. They're, yeah, they are basically celebrities of this world. But you, as you see this show, you come to realise many of them are actually horrible human beings.
1: Well, I reckon not celebrities are actually horrible human beings. <laughs>
0: the cynic <laughs> comes out again.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. Um, but <coughs> you'll see a TV personality, and then maybe the, when, when the camera, when he's off camera, he'll probably go, oh my god, I hate this so much. Hmm. I think there's an episode in The Simpsons where. Um, Oh, who's the crown? The clown? The crown? The clown. Krusty. Krusty. Krusty clown. He's advertising the burger and he bites into the burger and says, This is amazing. Then the camera cuts off and he spits it all out in a bucket and throws the bucket over the, someone who's helping it. I don't know. But like that, mm. they are, lots of people probably are, not, not as bad as the boys. Yeah. But I reckon if you had the power to do basically whatever you wanted, mm. you, you would do whatever you wanted. Yeah. You wouldn't stick to these ideals. Yeah. The Same
0: problem with my but hero. I, I love how it's taken the superhero genre and subverted it to this extreme. Like um I was watching a talk bar by, by Neil Gaiman uh, um just the other day, who's a well known author, and he was talking about how to form ideas and he was taking he was talking about how often people imitate writers and others that they enjoy or stories that like they taking inspiration. Taking inspiration. And what he suggested was look at like a folklore tale or a fairy tale. And look at it, just but twist it. Look at it from a different angle, and come up with a new concept. And I think that's what the boys is. It's taking the, yeah. the superheroes, like because in the past decade, Marvel, DC, so there are so superhero many superheroes, movies. so many
1: superheroes. and it's nice to have them not be untouchable, unassailable, moral high ground jerks. It's nice to have them actually know they are fallible. Actually know they are human. They do make mistakes. They do yeah. make problems. There are complications from these powers. Yeah,
0: but I like how in the boys, it's it is this subversion that the superheroes aren't perfect. They are kind of messed up. One of them's a psychopath. Another one's mm. a pervert. Uh, others have like drinking problems and mental health issues. And and then you have the flip side of that: the group called the boys who are like. The, the, who are like the.
1: Don't to say resistance because that implies they're being oppressed, but yeah. they're fighting back.
0: Yeah, they they basically like. The, their argument is the way the media portray the, um, the superheroes it's is false. wrong. Is it's wrong. False. And this is what they actually like. They are actually scumbags and we're here to put a stop to it. And. Although rather than
1: releasing all the evidence they have of these people being horrible, they actually go and actively kill them.
0: Yeah. Um, like Carl, um, Carl Urban's character is like the ringleader of this group. Uh, acted it, brilliantly,
1: for the record. He,
0: yeah, he he's fa- phenomenal in it. I don't think the series would be nearly as good without him in it. Mm. I think him and the guy who play Homelander, they make they, it. they do they, make it. Yeah, not not going to say they carry the series because I think there are plenty of other good there are as plenty well. of other characters. Yeah. But I think without those two, it would be. They make him. it, they complete it. They don't
1: carry it, but they complete, they complete it. it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. But yeah, Carl Urban's character is like the ringleader of this group. His name's Butcher and he has these others with him who are trying to kind of bring down the superheroes. But as Tom said, <laughs> they're trying to kill them. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit they've
1: gone from straight sort of final solution. They've not gone through any... I mean, admittedly, they have their reasons. They are mm. understandably upset.
0: But uh, we, go, we won't piece go into spoilers. Options. No, we, 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 we'll try. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I actually because I, <laughs> I, I think I told you about that series. It's like you've yeah. got to watch it. Well, you and someone else did. Yeah, um, oh, I can't believe I forgot about it. It's that good. Se- second season's in production. I think I think they've released a teaser tech Think they've on. is it that one or another one? They've
1: already uh, greenlighted a third yeah. season.
0: Hmm. I think they as soon as season one came out, I think they definitely greenlit a second season. Yeah, for like right.
1: it. I think there's one series that I'm following at the moment, and the second season isn't even out yet, but they've or it's even finished yet, and they've already started already greenlighted a third season. Mm. So that one is a different one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Come
0: on. Um. I don't know. I can't think of any other shows or. Well, let's move back to books. So, we haven't we haven't uh, talked much about books. I would like. I don't know. Uh, actually, just before that, games. 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 games.
1: Games, what, the last year or the last decade? Last or last
0: decade. I, you're, I know you're sick of me of talking about certain ones of these because mm. I constantly tell you to play them. But um, Last of Us, phenomenal. That's a very good game. Again, um, that, that
1: actually, very, very story-based. And character-based. It, it's one of those games that actually leaves you with tries to inst- force emotions on you. Mm. And it does it really well. And you're left feeling, mm. well, I won't say what, but an emotional response. You cannot come away from that game without an emotional response. Yeah, so if you're properly
0: invested. If you're just skipping through just for the gameplay. Yeah. Then. I think for me, Overwatch, I've played that so much with friends. I kinda of burned story-based at all. No, I'm... it's not. It's an online game, but I've... Just a sh- sheer amount of fun I've had playing that with it's friends. It's actually
1: very entertaining to watch mm. people play live. I went to a, a um, Overwatch tournament uh, right. uh, two think... e-teams an e- e-sports event I, I went to that I, I can't remember why I found myself there <laughs> like, honestly I, I had to wake up at 6am and get the train and I'm there like okay. what am I doing here where am I I take it you went with friends you didn't just I didn't just wander six. there yeah no I was going <laughs> to wander around <laughs> <laughs> well, I could be anywhere um, no we, we I think we went to Comic Con um, I don't know why I went dressed up as probably uh, that nerdy guy who smells in the back, in the corner, because I did not have a shower. Um, but we were watching
0: this esports game. Oh, Team it... Rocket, judging from your current shirt.
1: Yeah, that's the. No, I... no there was um, Brotherhood of Steel, pulled up for. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we were watching this esports game um, over watching, it was really entertaining, actually. Yeah. Uh, I had no what was going on. There was a giant monkey. Ah, that's all I really remember
0: I wanted to throw that one in there because I think I was talking to a friend about this Um, he was like, you're talking about a lot of PS4 games I was like, yeah, you're right you're very, very PS4 oriented yeah, I'm PS4 and PC player how many hours did you play last year on your PS4? uh, about 220, wasn't it? oh, combined, yeah, (laughs) something like that that is Um, rookie numbers I barely (laughs) play
1: my PS4 and I've got 600 hours on that thing last
0: year (laughs) Henry, come on Uh, so, um, New God of War phenomenal game, I platinum that absolutely freaking love that game. Um again, that's very I'm I'm am a big fan of the original Greek
1: myths. Yeah. So I can get very sceptical when people bring out adaptations and
0: they are But this is this
1: one's I based don't around mind original mm-hmm. ones. This is North Yeah, no, uh, The original God of Wars. Mm. Um I didn't like how they're basically destroying it all. I like the adaptators but I, you know they've got all these characters that've been established for mm. literally millennia, who they could work with, yeah. and they just go, "Nope, we're going to cut them all off." And there's more to these guys mm. than just fighting. Mm. I mean, they get up to but so that's much. That's the more. game. <laughs> it's <is> fighting <laughs> the. But, um, that's the game. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, I didn't play the previous previous ones, but the nice thing about this is you can play it without having played the previous ones, and I loved it. It was a great game and I can't wait for the next one. Because again it was it was character driven. You're going on this journey with his father and his son to scatter the ashes of his wife and the boy's mother. And it's just amazing and you as you go through you learn more about the world, you learn more about Norse mythology. And it's a great way of combining character and and you're on a character Character journey, journey. You're on a journey. You will learn character. more th- of the world as well. You
1: can't really get that from a book. You can't really stop and look mm. at all individual plants or books left lying around yeah. because obviously you've got the, the character's path is set. Yeah. And obviously well, it's if in
0: you the then game, have to, you it's, it's, it's your you path
1: know. as the player. You can put yeah. in more exposition in the game because the character mm. can choose whether they want yeah. it or not. Whereas I suppose they can't really do that in a book. Or maybe yeah. you can just have like a chapter head yeah. optional.
0: Yeah. And a similar. Another one like that where it's both character and world driven is is probably my favourite game of the last decade and probably still my number one favourite. And you know what I'm gonna say? Yes, I know what you're saying. Horizon say. Zero Dawn. I love <laughs> that game because it's it's stunning. It is a beautiful game. It is very pretty. Just yeah. It, as you explore more of the open world, you realise there is so much more to this dystopian—not not dystopian, but this this future where humans have basically been refer- reduced to tribe tribal living again in this world where in there the are ro- an in the wake of an apocalypse where there are robotic dinosaurs, and it's it's just so well done, and yeah, I don't.
1: It's very pretty. I really liked how you can fight these monsters and bits of them will fall off. Yeah, And you can use the bits to make weapons or armour or sell them to get better stuff. Mm. Um, I did think that the gameplay controls were very similar to Assassin's Creed. Like the way you can hide in places or climb cliff faces mm. or there uh, are that some- the combat itself. It was very Assassin's Creedy um but i i didn't mind that because i'm used to that not because yeah. i play assassins creed a lot but uh, i, I yeah. didn't have to go through such a learning
0: curve yeah and i loved how you could get invested in it it's got a really strong story by itself the main a campaign is really strong but then you can delve into the rest of the world and find out more about the world more about characters more about what has happened what caused the apocalypse what why it happened and I, I could I could spend hours talking about whilst I like this game, so, yes, I'm yes, gonna, so I am gonna I am gonna stop myself there. Um, I'm gonna. I reckon that will come back. It, it, yeah, you'll bring that back yeah, up. I will bring Horizon back up, especially when the next one gets announced. We're talking if about if it gets announced. It will be. What if it's not? <laughs> it's in the. It's <laughs> don't want to give you nightmares, Henry. But... <laughs> Shut up. Um, right before we move on to the next section of the podcast, do you have any anything? I, I've talked a lot. So do you have any? Anything that I particularly from, want to bring up? Yeah, from the past decade before we move on to... Our past
1: decade, can I just say, a TV show that I loved, Grimm. Mm. Did you watch Grimm? I did. where the people turned into the monster, the Veson, or whatever their yeah. That was, it looks amazing. Mm. The way, they, the way they, they turn their chains, what's it called when they chains? Voga? Yeah. When, when they transform, they still look like them, but a monstrous version. And I love the metaphor how, you know, monsters of men, monsters inside men, men, man's spirit, monsters. You know what I mean? I love that metaphor. I loved the cinematic way they turned into monsters. I loved even the world building of, mm. of, the, of the secret society of monsters. Although, to be honest, the amount of monsters the characters encounter would make you think that actually there are more monsters than humans. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, I mean, <laughs> literally everyone they meet is a monster. I like In looking at someone. Human. Yeah, I like looking at someone thinking they have quite a foxy um, look to their face or a rat-like, they've got a rat face. Yeah, are they a rat? And then they turn into a monster, and then you go, "Oh, that's yeah." It um, a rat monster. It's a rat monster, and they look quite rat-like. And I, I loved that. I loved, you know, being able to turn into a monster and use it. Mm. Character-wise, the protagonist Nick, he was basically a blank slate of, of a character. Who I like,
0: think he was always kind of like the white knight, always trying mm, to do the right thing. Yeah, it, not overly. It, he's a bit of a Mary
1: Sue in that yeah. there's nothing that you can really. I think he, was, he was he was likable, likable enough, but I think he was there to be set to set the standard. He is ordinary, and you contrast him with the. But he's not ordinary because you can see the monsters. Well, yeah, but <laughs> in this <these kids, laughs> personality, and then you compare him to the monsters. You compare him to these crazy people like the mouse guy and the snake guy or whatever. And you, you, you and he's there to compare them. And although I get that, I get where that's coming from, I would have liked to focus more on the more interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Like the wolf, Monroe, the, yeah. that guy. I would have preferred to focus on him.
0: Because mm. he was funny. Yeah. I did enjoy the series. I think, unfortunately, the final uh, season was quite uh, rushed, I think
1: it was so rust they even had this made fun of it mm. there was one episode where characters fall in love with each other that they're not supposed to because of a love post and then it goes wrong yeah and one character ends and then the, up in love f- with himself yeah <laughs> it's and
0: in right. the, the final bar- battle all of them get killed by one and then there's time travel involved so that they're all yeah I, yeah, I, didn't like, uh, I yeah, it, 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 it's one of
1: those seasons that ended and you didn't it, like it yeah and there were loads of things that were unresolved like villains who were like okay, went away going oh I'll be back never, never actually came back yeah. um it, it was just it bent on too long. Yeah, I think that's good. it was. It, I enjoyed it for the most part.
0: Yeah, it was. It was very good.
1: Um, what about you, Henry? Is there anything else you want to mention?
0: I can't think so. So I think um, uh, sticking with sticking with the past a bit. Um, so last year I started. I, I was intrigued. as to how many books are because like you i read a lot it's something i really enjoy doing in my spare time or when i'm traveling yeah and um, so i decided to keep a book journal and so last year i read 29 books 29 29 how about you Thirty five. Thirty five. Oh, six more. Six more than me. Damn it. Well, my, my target was thirty-six, three books a month. To be honest, my target last year was forty forty or fifty and I was realised oh that's too high. That's too high. <laughs> that's too high. So yeah, I read twenty nine books last year and so I thought I set you a bit of homework before this podcast, didn't I? I said, Tom, pick your top five books from last year so that we can discuss them. So I've picked my top five. As all good students, I did it the morning before the test. Oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> At least it's done. It was done. So, yeah, I've got my top five here, including a couple of um, honorable mentions. So I thought what we could do was go through our top five books of last year and kind of explain a little bit as to why we like them. So, right. You
1: want to go first, Henry?
0: So I'll start with my... Um, honorable mentions and i'll let you discuss yours and then we'll take it from there so my honorable mentions i've got three so one is make your bed by admiral william h mcraven it's a book admiral william h
1: mcraven that's a name that is that
0: is a name and um so i discovered this book when flicking through youtube i saw this speech by him and it was this I think he gave it like Texas University and it was so he he's an ex Navy SEAL yeah um, and he, he was kind of he gave this speech and then the lessons he imparted in this speech at the University turned into a book It's only about 140 pages but it's a like, light novel or something yeah it's the it's these I think it's like eight or ten lessons he learned from his time in the Navy SEALs and it's it's really good and the premise of make your bed it's like get up do a task and the first task you should do is make your bed and then once you've done one task move on to the next I've and heard you feel that actually you accomplish I've more i heard
1: that make your bed the first thing you do when you wake up make yeah. your bed if I ever you know when I wake up I am a zombie the last thing I'm going to do is make my bed the first thing I want to do is, do is get up well yes so, uh, one thing, the first thing I do is climb in the shower turn the heat up nice and high and just stand in there warming up and just winning winning arguments with, with myself
0: <laughs> but yeah I really like it is I've I've recommended it I've given it to other people's gifts I've given it to other people to borrow and read it's a really good book and I it's one I would just happily sit down and read again in an afternoon because it's it's short but the messages in part are really useful some of them I'm still like the the first one he says make your bed I still do that I've, I've started doing that each morning and have it, you found yourself becoming more productive, more awake? Yeah, because it I, it's something done, and then I go and do more. And his reasoning behind it is, make your bed, and even if you have a crappy day, at least you can come home to a nicely made bed. Yeah. And that's really well done. Um, I am going to pour a bit more whiskey. Would you I would me?
1: definitely like some more whiskey, please.
0: Before moving on to the next one. Um, so my next one is um, The uh, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Is that another non fiction? Yeah, and it's
1: similar. Real- it's a lot more nonfiction. I, than me. I,
0: yeah. We I think we can say this now. You're the big fantasy mm-hmm. nerd. I enjoy mm-hmm. my fantasy as well as well, but I enjoy non fiction. I love uh, I enjoy history. I enjoy historical fiction. I I like autobiographies. Anyway, um The War of Art, this was a book given to me by a friend quite a few years ago and it's been set on my shelf and I've realized I should just sit down and read it because again it's only like 160 pages but it's the concept it brings across is this idea of resistance and that the artist the creator faces resistance which challenges what they want to do Faces of resistance how say if you're a writer your you, your resistance is oh, I, I don't, I don't want to sit down and uh, I want. I want to sit down and write, but I'm worried my my idea won't be good enough. Oh, so it's and
1: resistance, resisting yourself. And your it's your own.
0: Emotions. It's your own resistance, or resistance other people will put upon you, for you to try and create your piece of art, your your best-selling novel, your your picture, your comic book. Right. This, this yeah. podcast. This is. I mean, read. Really, and it's just a message to. Don't let the resistance win. Push past it. Keep moving. And this is something I'm trying to do with this podcast. This is something... In the in for making for a long time a, now. F- yeah, for quite a few months now when we are recording the first episode. It's like, if I don't do it, this, this dream won't become a reality. I don't know where it's going to go, but let's make it reality. Don't and give in to that resistance. Yeah, yeah. no, actually, I've got that sound like So this, I think... I, I've I was
1: skeptical at first, you mentioned art, and I was thinking, yeah. this is one of those modern but art it, it, things. It, it,
0: no, it's kind of like... The creator. It's for the people with creative passion. I've lent it to a friend, but once I get it back from them, <laughs> I will lend it to you because I'd really like to get your... your that's very copies, kind of you. Me. I work for Nordics very
1: slowly, however.
0: And then the last one, just to finish up, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. I, that was good. It's really good. good. I think it, I
1: preferred The Gospel of Loki. I you've told, who you've told me to read that's That's one I of the books I am going to read. It is over there on the shelf. Um, it It's basically... Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman, but funny. It's from the perspective, from of, the perspective Loki. of Loki. Um, so it may or may not be more accurate. Probably yeah. isn't, as he is yeah, a liar. Neil
0: Gaiman is a really good writer.
1: Uh, but I did prefer... He had a much more cynical, negative outlook on the world. And I, I I think that spoke to me more... Could you, could you call it a Norse comedy, in a way? Um, I wouldn't say it's consistently funny enough to be a comedy. It was much more funny, however than Norse mythology.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think part of the reason I really liked that was i just finished God of War, and like I said earlier, that's right, yeah, Norse mythology. See, I so I led into that, so I was really big into Norse, Norse mythology at the time. So. Anyway, those are my three honourable mentions. So, Tom, what are yours? I had your to wrap up. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I, from 29 books, I managed to narrow it down to eight. Well, the, the books I was reading
1: were the end... Of series I've been reading for years. Mm. Um, this year. End of the decade. End of the series. Mm. I must mm. say, I planned it very well. It definitely wasn't a complete accident. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson's Reckoners trilogy. Um, I've read the last one, Calamity. And anyone who started that series is thinking, why is this happening? Let me say, the last book will make it all make sense. Reckoners was about... Again, we really like our super fi- superheroes, Henry. Because yeah. Reckoners is all about... As a, a post-apocalyptic world because humans um, something appears in the sky but you don't know what it is but it looks like a star or something and it gives people certain people super, superpowers mm. now if I suddenly gave people superpowers they're not going to go right, I'm going to go fight crime they're going to say I'm going to go get whatever I've wanted most. <laughs> mm. like it, it, I really yeah. like how cynical you can see why I like this book it's cynical realistic what would actually happen mm. if we all got superpowers oh, that sounds quite interesting it, it, this was the last in the series how, how long was the series three books three books uh, it it I trilogy? it's a trilogy I, read. Um, there, I think there's a uh, a very light novel or novella called Mitosis in the middle somewhere mm. don't have to read that but it, 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 I, I enjoyed it um, again I love Brandon Sanderson's voice and the way he shows the characters there are certain bits of the novel that aren't yeah they're just to show character but it, it, it's entertaining and I've really got to know these people mm. that's very really sad yeah
0: It's always sad when you reach the end of a good series because you feel like you're letting friends go. Letting friends go. But it was a bittersweet ending. It it, it was good. Um, Another
1: book I really liked was No Country for Old Men. I'd seen the film and I loved the film. Some of the acting in that film is scary and also amazing. So I read the book. It's quite short. It's quite light. And it basically follows the film to the word, to the letter, Mm -hmm. uh, with extra bits you obviously couldn't include in the film. Yeah. So that's why that's why I really like that. Um, I think the book is about uh, a redneck finds a load of money after after a drug deal went wrong, and he goes on the on the run with the
0: money. Mm.
1: And obviously, the people the money belongs to go looking for it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's a, it's a name I recognise from the film, but I didn't actually know it was based off. We are watching
1: the film sometime because okay. I, I really like the film. It, it's nothing fantasy about it, mm. but it's gritty. Uh, it's 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 a Coen Brothers film, and it's that darker side of America. Yeah, which, which they're known which they're known for making films about, and which it's, it's none of the glamorous Hollywoods. You know, fast cars, business, none of that. Trailer parks, motels, Mexican border, and problems like that uh, involved yeah. there, and that's what I really liked about it. And there's real people with real struggles. Again, going for, back
0: to character here.
1: Going back to character. The character was good. And then there are other characters in there that are, I, I will admit are quite a bit larger than life because they are clinically insane. But we'll move on. I'm continuing working my way through the Malazan Book of the Fallen, which is a fantasy series that is huge. And I mean both oh, in this length the,
0: and scope. Is the one you talked to me before it, each book? It's
1: like each a book is like a thousand pages. Yeah, like... It, took, it, it takes a while to get through, um, and it was actually really weird. I'm reading this book, and I'm absorbing all the logs that this, this fantasy series is full of lore, and then I, I got a fever, and I'm in bed, and I'm delusional, and I'm having these weird dreams, and because I'm full of this lore, I'm dreaming of this lore, <laughs> and and I wake up, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm in the middle of this war, I'm going to get back to, back to sleep, and oh, it was a very, very confusing trial in time. Um, so if you want weird dreams, read this book. Well, the weird dreams are from the fever. <laughs> in my defence, I'm not saying Stephen Erikson actually is the author of the book. Actually, poisoned me. But <laughs> the main thing that I loved about this series, we recorded in this podcast in my flat, and he wrote the first book in this series literally a two minute walk away in, a, in one of the local pubs, which is closed now though. Yeah. But he wrote it two minutes away, and that's why it was very important that I, that I think I should read it mm. and I the, the, I did love it. That's cool. And then the last two I'm going to talk about are the last in two series which I loved. I've mentioned The Dresden Files already mm. by Jim Butcher and I read this most recent one, The Skin Game, and mm. I was actually on holiday and basically Wizard Detective goes on a bank heist. Yeah. But it's a supernatural bank. <laughs> um, I don't mm. need to say anymore. Yeah, It was just fun. The characters, there was not most of them had already been established in, in previous books. So there wasn't much work done. So it's kind of an honourable mention because you enjoyed the series. and it's I just... th- it, You would have to have read yeah. the rest of the books to have got this. Yeah. because I'm already invested in these characters, the friends that I've come back to see, basically. Mm. I loved it. If you're reading that for the first time, you probably wouldn't enjoy it anywhere near as much. Mm. And Ace of Skulls by Chris Wooding was the last one that I know of in Tales of J series basically pirates but the ship flies because it's an airship they're airship pirates um but they're all human mm. they're not just mm. just pirates they've not got peg legs and eye patches mm-hmm. and hooks they're actually real people who are on that ship for a reason and because they've got ptsd I mean, yeah or you've alcoholism mentioned this series to me before and this the crew's relationship how they form bonds with each other and even though they're li- they're scum they all start working together. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And to see it end, really, really was sad. Yeah, after the holiday and I had to... They were way they were waiter service, was bringing me more and more alcohol because I needed it. <laughs> I needed it. They would see me walk in in the morning and go, oh, it's him again.
0: <laughs> cider! Yeah, we had to get the cider out. Open the new barrel. So I thought, seeing as I've been starting the conversation a lot this time, we'll start with your number five to start with instead. So, what was your number five from your top five
1: last year? That I just I, I that 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 was
0: oh that was that, that was always that my five. That was your five from the top five. Oh, I thought that was your honourable mentions. <laughs> that was my top five. Oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> I <laughs> thought you did your top
1: five. Oh, those they were honourable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, okay. Well, do you want to say your top right, five, and I'll say that. my honourable mentions? How about that? Alright. All right.
0: So, you're gonna like this one. Going back to Jim Butcher once again, my number five, because you introduced me to this series, was Stormfront, the first in the Harry Dresden files by Jim Butcher, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to reading more (laughs) of this series. It's the character, Harry Dresden, he's a wizard detective in a world where loads of people think he's just mad or insane or full of... Or weird or... Yeah, but... He he knows the truth of the world, and the world is infested with monsters and magic and weird goings on. And he's basically helps the police solve weird cases which they can't explain. But the way his, Jim Butcher portrays his character, he's very likable. As if uh, you described it, I always
1: him. felt like when you read these books, is you've bumped into him at the pub. You've gone, oh, let's have a catch up. What's happened to you since I last saw you? Mm and you sit down and now he's telling you about this thing that's happened to him. That's how the books, they all seem to go. And I really like that. It's like, because you you read a a book, a series, fantasy or whatever, and you go, I really like these characters and go back to see how they're getting on. And literally it's a case of, Hey Harry,
0: how are you getting on? Yeah. He's telling you. It's it's like you find about out about how his work's going. Yeah. How his personal love, how his love life is how going. How his love life and is it, going. And it, it's it's
1: literally like a friend who like who you talk to, and he is just a likable person anyway. Yeah. I would love to have it, him
0: as a friend. He's a likable character, and that's what makes him very human yeah. and very relatable yeah. to, which I think is great. And I love how in the background, as like I you you're up to date with the series pretty much, whereas I'm just introdu- just starting the series. I like how Jim Butcher is kind of building, has put in the background that Harry is actually an incredibly powerful mage, wizard, uh, well, uh, wizard, not mage, sorry. Yeah. And how he kind of, he's aware, the character of Harry is very aware of how powerful he is. But he has no finesse whatsoever. He has no finesse. But the fact that if he... He kind of has this good control that if he wanted to let loose, he could let loose with his magical power. But how mm. he is, as a human, realises, I need to keep that under control, otherwise I will turn into something I don't want to be. Yeah. And I really yeah. like that, that characterization again. So, yeah, I'm really... I, I will probably talk about this in future podcasts as i read more of the series as you but read more. yeah i you need I'm, to read more yeah i'm glad you introduced <laughs> me to that series last year because i really enjoyed that so my uh, my number four uh fire and blood by george rr R. martin oh that's the um the prequel so this is for game of thrones fans or people who like game of thrones this is basically a history of the targaryen family who um, dynasty dynasty yeah i don't know uh, yeah and it's from the time that they took over, the, um, from the time they invaded Westeros and took over as the king, uh, the royal family in a royal way. Royal family.
1: But so well, does it go through like, all the generations it, 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 from it go, Aegon the Conqueror it goes from all a, the way up to the Mad King? No. no it, not not I, not. It goes reason. up to a
0: certain point. I, try, I can't. It, I read it back in May. And it's it's a big book it's about 800 pages so I think it took me about no. a month to read that's not big oh sh- shut no. up <laughs> <laughs> 1200 but, Thought yeah alright right, right, right. but it, it did take me a while to read but yeah it goes from Aegon the Conqueror so when the Targaryens invade Westeros and take it over um, or the, their process of taking it over and becoming the leading family Um, but the way he George R. Martin writes it it's like reading a history textbook but it's set in a fantasy world and it is so... That's what I always like. It is so freaking Ritz. interesting. It's like it's like you've been given a textbook at school. like, here, read this. And you're like, oh, I don't read And then you read it and you're I like... I mean, like I can make test
1: textbook. questions on yeah, the
0: Togos if you want me to. But it, it's just... He, oh, I can't wait. We're still waiting for Winds of Winter. <laughs> <laughs> George R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, it's so well written. It is, like I said, it's like. <laughs> Thank you it very much. um It's like reading a history textbook, but wonderful. Um, so yeah, seeing as I'd finished all the other series beforehand, and then this came out. Uh, I, I loved it. It was really good. Um, Didn't he write one about a head knight and something? Yes, that is actually. I would rate. Uh, what was it? A knight. Uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms it's called I really enjoyed that so if you haven't read it I'd highly recommend it anyway that's uh, getting off track After so didn't yeah read Fire and Blood year. I highly recommend it's like a history novel but fantasy and really enjoyable um, number three Sapiens A Brief History of Humankind is on my Kindle by Yuval Noah Harari you probably mispronounced uh, yeah, that probably butchered, butchered yeah I probably butchered butchered his name it, again it's a long book it's about 800 pages don't say anything but um what i love about is it's it's very information heavy but it is like reading a book on geography politics human history economy psychology sociology it's all of these subjects so
1: does does it describe how all of these subjects what effect they've had on the development of us as a species or is it just giving us an overview of the history it's not of really, the human species not, that's led to this point?
0: It's not necessarily giving us an overview of like his, humans started here and these are the historic events that have got us to here. It's it's those kind of things that have affected, it's like all those things I just mentioned. How they've affected how the human it's psyche. How it, not the psyche, but how it's affected the human. I've done very good job of describing this sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it's like a it's like that it's like all those lessons crammed into one which makes it so but what but what is it what, what
1: are these lessons teaching are they teaching me how we've developed or are they teaching me why we think the way it's, we do
0: it's kind of how we've gone from here to there and how these things have either affected us to get us from here to there or so it how is what effect these things have had
1: on the human on humans
0: yeah, but you said psyche, so not essentially the psyche, psyche but, but human de- de- Development. Development. Human society
1: I- or human personality?
0: <laughs> Did you read it at the beginning of the year? <laughs> I read it in September, so... <laughs> but no... You said it- notice. <laughs> no, it's, it's... Like I said, it's really information-heavy, but the way he presents it is fascinating, because I felt like I learned so much. It's like... I, I had to go back through certain bits and i put in like sticky notes for stuff like i oh, wrote that was really interesting i want to go back and read that again and yeah i i highly recommend it highly recommend it yeah I might not have done it Just not, 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 might does not have done sound it sound
1: like you fully understood the message <laughs> okay, I, yeah, oh. <laughs> or is that just the whiskey talking yeah, maybe it is maybe, maybe we're about talking. three glasses maybe in maybe you can now, have so. a full intellectual discussion about this <laughs> when you're
0: not what four glasses in four glasses in <laughs> um, yeah but I highly recommend it really good book really well written I've got another one of his books on my reading pile, which I look forward to Um, Right, number two. Now, number one and number two, for me, were very hard to decide between. between. Now, number two is The Fear Bubble by Ant Middleton. Um, You do
1: like your ex-servicemen books, don't you? I am
0: a massive fan. Well, they are
1: very inspirational, some of the things they've gone through.
0: Yeah, I will say this now, I am a huge fan of the show S.A.S. Who Dares Wins, and I love reading about the S.A.S. and Special Forces and the military, so, if it if it had been up to me, I would have included the other four, the other three guys who do the show with Adam Middleton, his ex SBS member, who is part of that. He's the lead um, directing staff on the SES Who Dares Wins show, and he's joined by three others: Ollie Ollerton, Jason Fox, and Mark Billy Billingham, who have all released books last year. And I, <laughs> I had to narrow it down <laughs> to one because I was like, I can't just include you all can't, their books. Yeah, works. no, you can't. But um, the reason why I included Ant Middleton's book is because it's, it's about two things it's about his expedition up um, uh, Mount Everest and him reaching the top of it. But it's also about this visualization technique he uses called the fear bubble. And that's, that's the bit I really got from this book. And for me personally, I'm a very visual learner. Um, so if someone can describe, can show me how to do something, I can. Um, that helps me replicate it. Or if they can d- describe something in a very visual way, in a way I can replicate in the mind's eye. And what Ant Middleton does so wonderfully in this book is describe this technique of the fear bubble, which he used when he was in the special forces. When he was going into a dangerous situation, he'd imagine this. This bubble, which he'd call the fear bubble, and say he was about to kick down a door, and he didn't know if there were going to be insurgents or enemy soldiers behind it. He realised, okay, I'm going to go into the fear bubble. I'm going to go in. Do what fear
1: can't get in the bubble.
0: No, it's I'm I'm going to be in this moment where I'm going to be fearful for my life, but I'm going to go into this bubble. I'm going to deal with the situation, and that then the bubble will pop, and I can move on to the next one to say if he was going into this room there'd be a bubble right outside the door he'd go into that bubble he'd kick the door down he'd take out the enemy and then the next bubble could be right there's a there's a, a explosive device in the corner we need to deal with that and that's the next bubble is dealing with that device and it's this idea that you can conquer things that scare you by just literally seeing cuz what he talks about is fear can be all-consuming if Mm. you let it get into your head you you can be stuck in that bubble can expand and it can be all around you and you're too afraid to do anything so what he says is put make the bubble small put it into a place where you can go you can tackle it you pop the bubble you move on and it's just that way he describes it in such a visual manner which is so powerful and so understandable in a way you can implement it into real life and that's why I really... This is why I picked this book as my number two. Is I love the way he describes it. And it's again, it's a book I've gone... I've marked these pages, which I really like. And I've I've recommended it to other people. I would highly recommend it as a book to go and read. Because it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's my number two. Um, really I mean, bad. I mean, did yeah. you meet Adam Middleton? But he, um, I haven't met... I've, I went to one of his shows. I've met... Um, Ollie Ollerton, I went to a book signing of his. Mark Billingham, I went to a show of his and got my book signed. So I've got pictures with them. Yeah, I still need to meet Jason Fox and Aunt Middleton, probably. And they've got a new DS in the new series as well, so I hope he releases a book so I can meet him again. Yeah, I'm gonna. Ma- I'm gonna. I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, gonna stop. Number sup. one. Number one. What was number one? Was number one? Uh, yeah, i stopped talking. <laughs> I could again. Some another subject I could talk about. Right, number one. Now this book was recommended to me by a friend, and I'm really glad they did. It is called "The Little Black Book of Workout Motivation" by Michael Matthews. Yes, you've mentioned this. I've uh, mentioned this before, and this
1: has this has helped you in life. This has helped you because you started going to the gym, you started being healthy. <clears throat>
0: not, not that I wasn't <laughs> before. I would, but <laughs> but uh, it's, my, my no, skepticism is that coming across enough. No, it's not. It's not. I th- the thing I like about this book um, is, I'm going to refer to my little little notebook notebook again, is that the title, in a way, for me is Deceptive, because I I, I would guess it gives you workout advice that's the thing, no, it's more that's why it's just um, what was the word I just used? Deceptive Deceptive. yes, thank you (laughs) It's more this. De- it's deceptive because it's not just about workout. The stuff I think that um, Michael Matthews brilliantly illustrates in this book is the lessons that he imparts in it. Is just stuff for life in general, tasks and motivation and stuff you can just do in your general life to just improve it. So I think. Um, so I'm just gonna. Uh, read from the little comment section I'm, so that I wrote on this book. Uh, what I loved about this book was that it broke down lessons and ideas into easy to follow concepts at the end of each chapter. Challenges for you to attempt to help yourself. Additionally, the inclusion of inspirational quotes as well as full reading list was much enjoyed and I wish more books like this one uh, did this. Um, and that you said before it takes myths that people have about working out
1: and no, that's and a different. Even, that's a, that's different a different one. book.
0: That's another book of his I'm reading at the moment. But this one, it's again, it's a, it's a really nice short book. It's only about 250 pages. I think I read it in two days. I have put so many post-it notes in this <laughs> book because what he does, what he writes, so well. It's really just Does it like, have a distinctive voice is it very simple or it's very easy, to easy it's very easy to read, very easy to follow and is it conversational or is it um just very simple and bland or not, I would not say simple and bland, but it's very insightful whilst not being overly complicated. Is
1: it like talking to a good instructor,
0: yeah, it's like talking to. Um, like a mentor or a guru or someone who can help you understand something or enlighten you onto something and help you understand that way of thinking or a way of thinking that will help improve you. And what he does, I think it's only like six or seven chapters long, but what he does at the end of each chapter, at the start of each chapter, he puts a, a, a quote, a, a quote yeah. um, not necessarily from him, but from other other writers, other speakers, um and then at the end he sets you a challenge like one of the ones which really stuck out for me is one that the investor warren buffett does which is write down the list of 25 things you want to do pick your top five write those top five down and discard the other 20 and focus yourself on those five because if you try and do the others as well you'll get distracted and you won't achieve any of them focus fully on those five goals and it's uh, at the end of the each chapter he's got those little lessons those things he either he's learned or he's learned from others and he's passing on to you these words of wisdom this stuff that is there, a guide to help you and but this is it's called the workout motivation book it but workout like i said it's very deceptive this is stuff that you could take and just apply to general life yeah and it's it's just really good and what i love at the end as well <laughs> So You can tell I'm really passionate about this book, and I'm so yeah, glad yeah, my friend yeah. recommended it to him, is that at the end of the book, he's got a reading list, oh. and I love that. Oh. And the two of my honourable mentions, funnily enough, I actually read, I think, Make Your Bed, I read before actually reading this book, but... It was on the, there. Yeah, the it was on there, and so was The War of Art, which I read not long after I'd read this book. But he includes a reading list of about 30 books, which he's included quotes from in this book. They've been at the start of the chapters, or he's drawn inspiration from them. And that's that's so refreshing to see a reading list from another author, and it is wonderful.
1: Ah, good reading list.
0: Yeah, and it it is a good reading list, because I've read a few of the books on there, and I really enjoy them. (laughs) Yeah, that is That's the best book you read last year. Yeah, because I it's it's there it's right at my um at my desk at home it's on the bookshelf right next to me within easy reach, so i can just pluck it off the shelf and just give it a flick through to some of the bits i've what should up.
1: i do in this situation
0: yeah or what um where's this good quote i remember for this bit and it's just it's he just writes so nicely and i'm reading another book of his now, which again to do with um, this one is well, actually... This it, is working out. This is working out and building muscle and stuff it is to help me with my gym routine. But again, even in that, he breaks everything down into really nice, simple understandable bits. I will... Once I finish that book, I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point in the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> so there. You really like that book. I did. So we have finally <laughs> wrapped up the past... Um, decade and some favorite books so i thought let's let's just end draw this podcast to a close with looking a bit towards the future and what we hope to accomplish with this podcast and what we hope to do so any any books you're really looking forward to reading before our next episode you said earlier that i
1: am that i'm really into fantasy and i am but there's lots of um, classic fantasy which you would expect someone like me to have read mm. and I haven't like, I've not even started even thought about The Wheel of Time and I know that's a hugely popular series especially at the moment with the show being made so I wanted to start that who's it by sorry that's by Robert Jordan although um, okay. since he's passed Brandon Sanderson an author I mentioned earlier has taken up the mantle mm. um, and I, I, although it is 11 or more books that are quite junky mm. or what you would think are quite chunky. <laughs> little I, dig there <laughs> little dig there couldn't resist um, I want to give it a try mm. I, I want to know because um, yes it's been accused of being another Tolkien clone yeah. by its critics but if it's had this much of an impact on the genre I want to give yeah. it a shot any others? The Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson again yeah. I've started it's very slow yeah. I want to see if my investment pays off
0: nice yeah Do I think trying think back to my uh I think I've got about 14, 15 books sitting on my desk at home. Um, Rookie numbers. Oh, sh- <laughs> yeah, I, like Tom said earlier, we are we are recording this in this flat. And we are surrounded by four four bookshelves. <laughs> um, so yes, <laughs> but no. Um, one for me that's uh, sitting on the top of my pile, going back to my love of uh, the special forces and the military and stuff. It's um it's called Elite. It's by Ranolf. Uh, Finds, I think it is, and it's like the history. I've heard that name, but I'm yeah, like I thinking think of Ralph Fiennes. The answer, mm-hmm. you might be. Yeah, this guy. I think he's a explorer and ex serviceman himself. But it's it's combining two of my favourite elements: the special forces and history. And it's yeah. looking through elite units throughout history, going from the Spartans all the way through, like, paratroopers, commandos to the SAS and everything like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Another Yuval um, Noah Haravi book, the guy who wrote Sapiens. Oh, I was thinking, hang on. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, another another one of his books is on my list. Um, a, A book I got from a friend for Christmas who... It's, he says it's his favourite book. And it's. It's a big book. It's like nine hundred to a thousand pages. Okay, I will accept that um, as being a big book. Yeah, the Fall of Giants. So I'm looking forward to reading that.
1: What's that about Fall of Giants?
0: Oh God, you've caught me on the spot there because I, I did. I did read the blurb and now I've forgotten it.
1: Is that a fantasy book? Is that a, non-fi-
0: no, a non-fiction? I think. I think it is non. Non-fiction. No, it is. No, it is fantasy. I think yeah I'm sorry I can't I can't remember it but oh we'll talk about that later yeah I'll talk about it when I read it yeah so quite a few games as well um, Last of Us Part 2 that's coming out this year Cyberpunk I can't wait for that Cyberpunk's been delayed Cyberpunk's been delayed but to September that gives me time to finish The Witcher 3 <laughs>
1: it gives me time to catch up on a lot
0: yeah Doom Eternal that's coming out in March I'm really looking forward to for that I suppose I could find time to play Horizon Zero Dawn Henry please do <laughs> Because <laughs> I really want, it. <laughs> really, really want to hear your opinions, and then we can have a whole podcast dedicated to it. No, I'm well, joking. I'm joking. I'm well. Joking. <laughs> um, oh, what else? What else? Oh, I had one and it completely skipped my mind.
1: I want to play the Witcher games. I want to, but I'm, I'm actually going to try because I know you said not to because you didn't like the controls. But I'm going to no, try just, one. And the Witcher one. And it's not two that I didn't like the, the controls. The
0: it's just I could not get them to work. So I <laughs> well, tried. Maybe one. that's a problem with your PC. Maybe, but I've, I've just caught up with the lore to and stuff. To
1: be fair I, they're really yeah. long games and I'm not quite certain how the events of the games will actually play out. Yeah. If they are actually included in the show when as, they, as in when they make new series mm-hmm. I doubt they'll make a massive impact. They seem to be mostly following the books. I
0: think they're following the books because the games are kind of a sequel to the books. Yeah. Um, yeah what else ghost of tsushima when that comes out we have got ps5 potentially coming out at the end of the year the new xbox as well not that i care too care too much about xbox uh, <laughs> slight dig there um, what's wrong with yeah. xbox i I've, i never owned one i never owned it i've always been playstation so you have never PC. played halo i've played them around friends but i've never never owned them no
1: well halo master chief collectors on pc yeah you're buying that and you're yeah. going to play
0: it um yeah it was. We're gonna have the Marvel films returning again with Black Widow in May. That's something we didn't mention earlier, how much the Marvel films have had an impact. I think we did briefly mention it when we were talking about C. Yeah, like yeah. I mean I War. mean the Marvel films are great, but they're not um, You can take up to you could take up so much time just talking about them. You
1: could take up so much time talking about them, but I wouldn't say that they're really genre busting. Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they dominate or that they try anything new. I mean, yes, Black Panther was the first, well, all, nearly all black cast, and yeah. but they, they don't really push too many boundaries, like yeah. Ant Man.
0: I think they're they're enjoyable films. I do enjoy yeah. them, and not nothing like to else. watch
1: if you're yeah. expecting a deep discussion.
0: Yeah, they're enjoyable films, but I'm glad I'm glad we're going to be having those back again. Mm. I I always I always enjoy them. What do we expect from this podcast? I think this mm. is. It is just a bit of fun. This We're is... just
1: having a discussion about things we care about.
0: Yeah, and we hope that you, as the audience, can engage with us. Let us know what you think of the podcast. If you enjoy it, what you want us to talk about, what you want us maybe to talk less about. If we, if you think, oh, he's going on too much about that, we, we want to hear about. Shut up. Yeah, probably. But um, yeah, uh, I
1: imagine there'll be a few people complaining about the amount we've mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, this podcast is. For us at the moment, just a bit of fun. Just two friends sitting and having a chat about books and shows. And we hope you enjoy it. And, um, yeah. bloody hope you enjoyed <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, let us know as the audience what you'd maybe like us to do in the future. Anything you'd like us to cover. Um, any, recommendations, any re- recommendations or things that you think we'd enjoy send them our yeah. right way any, any whiskey recommendations any book Especially. recommendations if you want to give us a sample send us a sample <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I think see, this podcast is almost an hour and 20 minutes already I think oh. we should uh draw it to a close Rapping but I think as a first episode this I has think been, that's been a good
1: start I it's think. been
0: a good start hopefully uh, I've really enjoyed it I've had, I've had a good time we, we have actually taken a concept and we are making it a reality a dream if you will
1: and we fought against that um, resistance. What, resistance that's it we fought against the resistance and I've enjoyed this whiskey was mm-hmm. it Red Breast Red Breast I think I, we, I think we would
0: drink it again even would. though Tom damned it with faint praise at the beginning <laughs> no no no, no, I I could drink that again it wouldn't be my first choice but I could drink this again as we draw this episode to a close there's another tiny little section I want to include at the end of each episode I hope and I hope depending on the theme of the episode or a certain inspirational quote from a book or a theme of an episode we might draw upon um, that we can include at the end of the episode and hope you as the audience will like and as me and Tom were just saying this is a this podcast is kind of like a concept we've been working on for a while. It's been like a dream, at, in a sense, yeah. that it hasn't fully manifested until now when we are now sitting and recording this first episode. So I thought I'd talk about the future and dreams. And this sounds very sappy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Go for it anyway. Anyway, so quote to end on. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. I don't know, Roosevelt. And I thought... That was a nice quote for this podcast that me and Tom, this is just a hobby for us. Uh, but yeah, we want to do it to engage with people and hopefully have great discussions about whiskey and books and shows. Yeah, hopefully, leave you, the audiences, with something you can take away, whether it be inspiration, a book recommendation, a show you want to go watch. But we hope that believing in this dream we can make it a reality which can have an impact and so with that i'd like to thank you very much for watching tom cheers cheers henry see you next time